Hi, I'm Oki, and welcome to Tell Me About Your Book. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Tell Me About Your Book. I'm Oki, and sitting here with me is Vic Ferrari. He's an actually an amazing author with a lot of books under his belt. But today we're here to talk about one particular book, well, among other books too, but it's called Confessions of a Catholic High School Graduate. So I'm really, really interested what he has to say and interested in this book. Hi, Vic. How are you today? Hey, Oki. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, I'm honored, actually. I'm the one that's really giddy and excited. Can we go ahead and dive right into this book? Can you tell me what it's about first? Sure. So my name is Vic Ferrari. I'm a retired New York City police detective. I got into writing after I retired from the NYPD, written a series of books, uh, four of which are about the New York City Police Department. But uh, about two years ago, I wanted to kind of take a step back and write about my childhood. And I had an interesting childhood. I was born and raised in the Bronx, lower middle class family. We were Catholic, anything but holy rollers, but uh, we were Catholic. And I was in eighth grade and was sitting around the dinner table. And my father one night just says, hey, um, next year you're going to Catholic high school. What? What are you talking <laughs> <What>? about? <Yeah. laughs> sure. We don't go to mass. And he goes, well, you're a clown. And if I send you to public school, you're going to become a bigger clown. So you had better pick a Catholic high school run by the men in black. It was it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me, even though I was kicking and screaming. And uh, like last year, I decided I got it published. And there's a picture of a boy getting chased out of a confession booth by a priest. That actually happened to me. And <laughs> the title is called Confessions of a Catholic High School Graduate because it chronicles growing up in the Bronx, what was going on in that time period in the 70s and 80s, what it was like to go to Catholic school with corporal punishment and just the activities. I mean, I grew up before the internet. So we had to invent our own fun. <laughs> Times were different. So when I was a little boy, like Thursday nights as a kid was garbage night. And that was the best night of all because we would go out. It's not like my parents, we didn't have toys and sporting equipment, but we were kids. We used to rummage through people's garbage and pull up stuff that we could have fun with. So uh, <laughs> when stores would throw out like long fluorescent light bulbs. Those were exploding lightsabers. So we were uh, running around, hit each other with those things and they would pop. We didn't know they were dangerous and contained mercury. But we're, you know, 12, 13 years right. old. We probably wouldn't have cared. Also, back then, you had uh, the beginnings of cassette tapes and eight tracks. So everybody's throwing out their vinyl collections, which probably nowadays are worth a lot of money. Right. But on garbage night, we would find these records. They were exploding Frisbees. We would run around with those things and whip them at each other and, you know, play like ta laser tag with these things. And if you hit somebody in the side of the head with, with a, on a record, it would explode. And Frisbee was named, was built by, uh, invented by a company called Whammo. So every time we would hit somebody with a, with a flying record and it exploded, we'd scream Whammo. <laughs> that was a way of us keeping score of who, who got hit with a, with a, uh, with an LP. I love that, that you're reminiscing all this in your book. It sounds extremely entertaining already just listening to you here, but how was it writing this book, though, having to go back to how you grew up? It was probably the easiest book to write because unlike my my books about the New York City Police Department, I have to 
change the names, the events, the times. I don't want to get anybody divorced or in trouble. But with this book, I mean, it's about my childhood. And I'm still in touch with a lot of people, including my younger brother. My younger brother actually really pushed me to write this because he said, you know, the book you should write is about our childhood. He says, because no one's going to believe it. <laughs> I mean, this is there's a chapter in there called Running for Your Life. And it almost seemed like as a kid, I was always getting chased, be it by nuns or <laughs> by the local store merchants or bullies or I and I was fast. So <laughs> thank goodness for that. So when you became a writer, was it your approach to write this first or was it the other crime books that you're writing and then you shifted to this book? Because you said your brother kind of gave you an idea for this book, though. No, originally it was the NYPD books, but I, I did have an idea and I would take notes and I, I call it like a, a boneyard or a junkyard. I'll, I'll start drafting out a story and I'll put it in a file and I'll put it in a file. And my brother would say every time I, I, I average about a book a year. Usually every late spring, I release a book. And my brother every year would say, when are you going to write that book about us? I says, oh, it's about us now? <laughs> this is not just my childhood. It's about no, us. No, not at so, all. <laughs> yeah, well, he's an interesting character, my brother. If you buy the book, you'll see. It was over time, just a little bit at a time, drip, drip, drip. And then finally, you know, I enjoy writing about the NYPD. I mean, it was my life for 20 years. But finally, I said, you know what? I want to take a break. I think I'm going to write that book about my childhood. Having to write a book about childhood, but you are already already doing the crime books. Was that a big shift and change? Is it something that you want to continue a little bit more, like expand more about your childhood or how you grew up? Or this is a very nice thing that you did. It published last year and then going back to the crime books. I think if my brother had his way, I'd write another book about my childhood. But I think <laughs> for now, I'm going to stick to go with what you know. And my NYPD book, although I think Cat Confessions of a Catholic High School Graduate is a great book. I think it's very funny. I've got good reviews. The reality is NYPD books sell because everybody's you know fascinated <laughs> with the New York City Police Department. Um, there's all these crime shows and true crime communities. So the second I put out an NYPD book, it just starts selling. This book is selling, but not at the rate of the other books because it, it's it's a tougher genre to break into. I can imagine. I trying to tell people this is my life. Like what you don't know about me yet, but get to know me versus things that people already attach to us, such as the crime books. Can we shift over to your crime books? Absolutely. What? How did you start with all that, or what was your first approach to the books? I retired from the New York City Police Department. I moved to Florida, and I was bored. And friends and family said, you know, you know, you know how to tell a story. You've got all these interesting stories. Why don't you write a book about your experiences? And I said, I don't know. Like I said earlier, I don't want to get anybody sued or divorced. Or so I said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to move some things around. And the events happened, you know, they're true, but I move things around is not to embarrass anyone. I'm not talented enough or disciplined enough to write in chronological order. So what I'll do is I'm going to write a book. I will pick something, a story that I know is going to be easy to write. Because if you just sit there and you say to yourself, all right, the beginning, you're going to sit there and pull your hair out unless you're really disciplined and you know how you're going to tackle this book. I'll pick a story in my book that I think is funny or exciting, or I know like the back of my hand, and I'll start drafting and writing that book. When I come to writer's block or I can't complete it, I'll take a step back and I'll start writing another story. And then I grow these stories and then I publish a book. 
my books don't have, with the exception of Confessions of a Catholic High School Graduate, my NYPD books don't have a beginning, middle, or end. You're going to pick up the book. You're going to see a whole bunch of chapters, and there's everything in there from practical jokes to cases I worked on, police corruption. For argument's sake, in one of my books is a chapter crossing over to the dark side, and that's a bunch of cops that I knew or knew about that went bad and what happened to them or practical jokers, the things that used to go on in the station house or interesting criminals or big cases that I worked on or things you would never imagine go on behind the scenes in a New York City precinct. I like that this is a big change in the crime books. I like that it's not it's not like one case and I hear about a detective or I read about a detective and how they solve it and it's the end of the book. I like that there's a lot more variety, a lot more meat and glory in, in all that encompasses my PD. I, this is so interesting to me, Vic. This is so cool. Is there one particular one that people should start with or they're all kind of standalones to where you'll get all those great elements anyway, no matter which one you pick? Well, they're all my children. <laughs> yeah, so I love them all I know, equally. I, can, I can't ask if you have a favorite. No, that's I know, fine. That's fine. But if, if I were going to start, I would start with um, NYPD law and disorder. Got a picture of a, a cop standing there scratching his head with a police car that was involved in an accident. You got a prisoner running out the back door. That book has a lot of embarrassing moments. Actually, the beginning of that chapter, the beginning of that book starts off, the chapter is called Embarrassing Moments. And I write about how I got caught with my pants down literally a couple of times in my NYPD career, because every author <laughs> likes to write themselves as the hero. We save right. the day in the nick of time. We have the witty comeback. And in the beginning of NYPD Law and Disorder, there's a, a story in there how I'm in a public restroom in uniform. I've got my pants down to my ankles. I've got my gun belt held up on a hook in the, in the stall and a bunch of teenagers run into the next stall. One kid jumps on the toilet, reaches over and grabs my gun belt. I jump up with my left hand, trying to pull up my uniform pants with my right hand. I grab them and pull them over the stall. I drop my pants and now I'm in a hockey fight until he lets go with a gun while I'm trying to pull him over that wall. His friends run into the next stall and grab his legs. Now I got a tug of war going with this 14 year old kid. The wall comes down. I pull up my pants, they run out, and they get away. And in the book, and it's a true story, I'm standing in this food court in the Bronx, and I'm like, what do I do now? Do I get on the radio and call for help and start putting over a description? I said, I'll be the laughing stock of the Bronx if I do this. I said, every cop in the in the Bronx is going to go, you see Ferrari, that guy over there? That's the guy that almost lost his gun in the men's room. So I said, I'm going to keep this store. I'm just going to keep this to myself until 30-something years later, I decided to put it in a book. <laughs> I love that this is a totally different approach than what I've really been exposed to when it comes to reading about the NYPD or the crimes and Vic, this is great. <laughs> I, I really Appreciate it. hope you keep going with all this because I'm so interested. I'm invested. Absolutely. Thank you. Any difficulties writing this, though? I know you said you had a challenge, like, should I put it in the book or not? But any anything that maybe people were responding to, you know, odd way? No, I, I always put in the back of my book. One of the last things I put in my book is I always thank the readers taking the time and taking a chance on me. And, and spending their hard-earned money on my book. And I always put, listen, leave a review, good or bad. I read them. It'll help me become a better writer. 
for the most part, probably about 85%, I get five-star reviews every now and then someone doesn't get my humor. That's fine. Hey. I appreciate the money. And you're more than <laughs> welcome to leave an opinion. I do have writer's block from time to time. It's funny. I'll have a story and I'm writing it out. I know what happened. I was there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes speaking about the story or telling the story makes it that much more easy to write because you're trying to word it a certain way. You don't want it to be too wordy. You don't want to write it in past tense, which I have a habit of doing sometimes. And thank God for AI software that I run it through afterwards that you know gives me the heads up. Hey, you're using this word too much or this adjective too much or which is great. I don't know how it's, it's amazing. I think back of the great American authors, you know, at the turn of the century, like what they must have gone through with, without this um, software. But I do have writer's block from time to time, but I, I'll take a step back and I'll go to another story and I'll work on that until a month or two later when I come back to that story with a, with a, with a fresh head. And I'll say, oh, I know what I want to do with this. Or I'm watching a television show where someone will say a phrase or something will remind me of something else and I can go back and work on it. Thank you for that. I'm so interested in how you guys do these things. You guys do the hard work. I get to have fun getting to talk to you and I get to read amazing stories. Besides you being here with me, you also do other shows and stuff like that. You are a regular on the show, right, Vic? Can you tell us a little bit more about where can people hear more about you? <laughs> sure. So when I got, I just wanted to write books and put them out there. And the dirty little secret in the book world is you could be the greatest writer in the world, but unless you have a major publishing house behind you, it's on you to market your books. And you can only do so much Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and I do, but you have to go on podcasts and radio shows and TV if you you can get on a show and and to promote your book. If you're interesting, People will say, hey, you know, that guy's a character. She's a character. She knows how to tell a story. That sounds pretty interesting. I'm going to buy that book. The more you put yourself out there, which I didn't want to do, but I, I've been forced to, and I was telling <laughs> you off air earlier, I do between five and 10 radio and podcast interviews a week. One of the first people that took a chance on me is a, a man by the name of Walter Sterling. He has his own uh, radio show in New York and Philadelphia over the weekend. AM radio. He started bringing me on as a guest when there'd be something he'd wanted to talk about. He would bring me on to give a law enforcement opinion. And he read one of my books. He goes, Oh my God. He goes, I love these stories. He goes, How about this? How about every week you cut a three minute story, send it off to my, my producer, and uh, we'll air it. So, and so now I'm a weekly contributor on Sterling on Sunday. So, and I'm grateful for the opportunity and it's it's opened so many doors for me because then people hear me on his show and then they contact me. Hey, I'd love to have you on my podcast or I'd love to have you on my radio show. But for the most part, I'm the one that scours the earth looking for people. I joined Podmatch, which is kind of like a match.com for it's like dating for podcasters (laughs) and guests. So authors or someone who's got something to sell. Ah, I didn't know that existed. That's kind of cool, actually. Hmm, Good to know. (laughs) But I'm glad you're here. And it's okay for you to record this part that that you're on the best show that you know so far, that you love Oki the most. It's okay to say that. So far, so good. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Can we talk a little bit about what's in the future, at least this year or the next few years? More of these crime books or we kind of discussed the second confessions book but what are some things you have planned out well as we speak i'm writing a another nypd book that should be out 
late spring, early summer. Same thing. It's just loaded with funny and interesting stories behind the scenes. Look at the New York City Police Department. And I think next year, I'm going to write a story about my experiences as a young man going down to the Jersey Shore. And oh. I've got a lot of funny stories. I, I'm probably <laughs> going to call it Down on the Shore or Stories from the New Jersey Shore. But I've got a lot of funny stories of things that happened to me. I can't wait. This is brilliant, Vic. This is so interesting. You have a hook. And this is something that people can definitely... Like, obviously, I can't relate to it, but I'm sunk into the, the all the stories and I'm in for it. So thank you for that. So where can we get your books in general? So just go on Amazon and type my name, Vic Ferrari, like the car. Uh, my book library will pop up. All my paperbacks are $10. I try to keep the price point low. And $2.99 ebook download if they want to get a hold of me on social media on Instagram and Twitter at VicFerrari50. I want to say thank you one more time for you just carving out your time being here talking to me because you're doing a lot of different podcasts, a lot of different shows, and you're like publishing a book a year. I don't know what time you have for all this, but thank you. Any last minute thing you want to tell us before we go? I do lead an interesting life. It's a busy one. <laughs> and on top of everything else that's going on, I got a 120-pound Irish wolfhound that's in the next room crying to go out. <laughs> so he takes up about a third of my time. <laughs> He's like, hello, I'm part of the oh, show too. <laughs> it's like having a kid. It's like having a tigger. <laughs> well, I'm going to let you go. And I want to say thank you again. And I'm ready to not only hear about your Catholic school stories, but the NYPD stories too. But we'll talk to you next time. I hope you come back and tell us more about your future books and things like that. Thank you, I'd Vic. love to, and thank you very much for the opportunity. Okay, have a good day. Bye. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me About Your Book. All the other information from this episode will be in the show notes. Please support indie authors as well as indie bookstores. And of course, the other podcasts, Books, Cats, and Snacks, where me and Caddy talk about all things books and, well, her cats too. See you then. Bye.